0: Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach. And this is the Visibility Factor Podcast where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. Hello, everyone. This is Sue Barber. I am so happy to have you join me today on the Visibility Factor podcast. You know, a leader can be visible in so many ways. Today's episode is actually going to focus on one of the key ways to leverage influence and build it for yourself. Visibility can be gained as the person who has influence, but a person can also build their influence through meeting with influencers. Working with other people, talking about what they're doing, sharing their value, and letting them build up credibility. Let's start with a definition, though, because I think that can help you understand what I mean by influence. The simple definition of influence is to move someone to take an action without telling them to do so. Other words you may hear in an organization are aligning, persuading, engaging, or inspiring. Most of the time, you're either influencing someone or they're influencing you. This is something you probably do every day, but you may not think much about it. So let's look at a metaphor for influencing that happens to you every day, I'm quite sure. The people, the places, the conversations that you're having all have the ability to influence you. Think about advertisements. Those are an example of influence. They're trying to influence you to buy a product or to make a decision about something that the advertisers are selling. You'll see advertisements everywhere and sometimes more than once a day. These messages come in and challenge your beliefs, your values, your experiences, and your knowledge. You decide if you agree or disagree with the message and if you want to respond or ignore. Now we have social media, which is filled with influencers. Anytime you go on Instagram, they're talking about a product that they love and they want you to buy for a discount. I'm not gonna lie, I've bought a few of those in my time. But I think it's important to understand that They're trying to share with you something that they love, and you get to decide whether you want to do something with that. If you go to YouTube, you'll see ads on there or streaming platforms or billboards or magazines or radio. Even if you're talking and your phone is next to you, you might say something about something you're interested in and you'll see an ad for it later on. That's how the world works right now. You're being influenced all the time. You still get the choice of whether to do something with that or not. Influencing at the end of the day is a subtle way of getting someone to do what you want versus forcing them to do it. It's not a bad thing. It's actually a very effective tool to use and it can help you move things along, especially when there are problems, things are stuck in a project, not moving forward. You may need to leverage influence in order to get that done, but it's important that you've already built relationships with people to make that happen. So let's talk about how to do that and why that's important. So I'm gonna give you an example. And this has happened to me more times than I can count. But I would have a big project that I wanted to move forward on. I couldn't get buy-in from everyone. And I wanted to make sure that our project was going to go forward in the best way. So, what did I do? Whenever I started a new program or project, I would look and see who are the influencers in the organization that I need to connect with first. Who do I need to make sure that I have on my side so that if I run into problems or any obstacles that I need to address, there's somebody that I can go to to make sure that that happens. Obviously, I'm trying to do it myself first and work with my team, but there's always going to be something that comes up where you might need their help. And if you don't have that relationship built, it makes it very difficult to have that conversation. One of the reasons it doesn't happen for a lot of people is that people feel like they're too busy. They don't have time to meet with me. They're really high up in the organization. Why would they want to talk to me? They don't even know who I am. What would I talk about? Or my favorite is I'm an introvert. I can't meet with people that I don't know well. I have to already have built a relationship with them. And in the world we're in right now, in the remote world, a lot of people feel like they can't have these conversations over Zoom. You absolutely can do it over Zoom just as much as you can do it in person. But you have to be willing to take a risk and have that conversation and understand that you just have to show the value that you're going to provide to them. So in your organization, in meetings that you're in, look around and identify the influencers who are in your company or who are a part of your projects or part of your department If you don't know who they are, they're usually the people that speak up in a meeting. They're the people that everyone listens to. They may be the right-hand person of a leader who has a lot of decisions to make, and this person gives a lot of input into those decisions. These are the people who are influencers of other leaders and outcomes, so you need to get to know them, know what's important to them, and where they're focusing their time. If you're brand new to a company where you have to build all these new relationships because you don't know who's in the organization, who you can trust yet. You're trying to figure all that out. So just pay attention for the first month. Look at who the influencers are. Use those same types of things that I just mentioned. Who's talking in meetings? Who are the people who are the right-hand people of the decision makers or leaders? Leverage them, build relationships with them. If you're leading a big program or a project or something, you may need to influence multiple people. I can share an example with you. When we were starting a global program for master data, one of the things that I had to do was put a lot of things together so people understood where we were going with the program, what we were going to do, who were the resources going to be, what was our timeline, what were the benefits. And then I did a little bit of a go out and meet people show and I met them and talked to them about what we were doing to get their alignment, to understand if there was anything we were missing, to get their feedback and understand how they were going to be able to help us and ask for their help. And those conversations were critical because if I had not done that and they had no idea what we were doing and we ran into problems, they could have really derailed that project from going forward. Those are things you need to think about, especially if you're doing something with a lot of high exposure in an organization. Make sure you're having those pre-conversations as soon as possible. If you are looking at a different situation, though, some of you may be experiencing being let go from a job, leaving an organization, and you need to go find another job. 80% of people today are finding jobs through networking. If you haven't already met with people that you think could help you, Asking them for help at that point in time, it's too late. You've already left the job and now you're asking someone for help, but you have no relationship with them. Why would they help you? They don't know you. They don't know your capabilities. They don't know the value that you can provide because they haven't spent any time talking to you. I am very guilty of this, so I'm going to just fess up. I have a lot of connections in LinkedIn that I probably don't know personally, but I'm working on building out and expanding that and having real human-to-human conversations because. How many people have been to a conference and signed up and said, oh, let's link in together, and then you forget and you never talk to them? I think we're all guilty of that. So what if you just at least look at the connections that you have and say, when's the last time I talked to them? They changed jobs and I don't even know what they're doing now. Reach out and have a conversation with them. It helps you so much because we're probably only close with like 75 to 100 connections on a regular basis. Yes, we tell them congratulations on your work anniversary. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. So excited for you and your new job, but we don't actually talk to them about what they're doing, what's going on in their lives, how they're actually doing in real life. Being prepared for that helps you be ready should you need them. Even if you're in the job that you love, you should always be building external connections and making sure that you have those ready to go. Pick one person every week and meet with them. Have a conversation with them. It could be 15 minutes. I just did a 15-minute one-on-one with somebody the other day, and I was amazed that we could get through as much as we did. But when you have a very finite time frame, it makes it work. You can do this. If you haven't connected with someone, one of the pushbacks that I have a lot of people talk to me about is, I don't know them. I haven't talked to them in five years. What am I going to say to them? So I'm going to give you a quick and easy script that you can use to follow. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. I realize that we're connected on LinkedIn, but we haven't actually met. Would you be open to a 15-minute call? It would be great to meet you to learn more about you and what you do. And then just mention something that you see of why you'd actually want to talk to them. Are you in the same industry? Did you attend the same college? Did they work at somewhere where you worked? Did they post an article that you liked and commented on? Do they have a role that's similar to you or connections in common? Just find something. You don't want to just say, hey, I want to meet with you and not explain why. People will meet with you if they understand that there's a reason behind it. Maybe you just want to understand their career path and how they got there and explore it so you can think about how to apply that for yourself. These are the things to think about now and not when you absolutely need them when you're out of a job. So let's talk about what characteristics of a good influencer look like. The first thing you have to have is trust. Without trust, you're not going to get very far in building any relationship. But you need to be sure that you're having this foundation in place because you're going to have to leverage it at some point. So they need to understand that they can trust you. And when you come to them with a problem, they know that you've already done your due diligence to figure out what's wrong, to figure out how to address it, to explore it with your team and look at options. You've already done all that. And so when you're coming to them, they know it's a real problem that they need to address. You have to have credibility and knowledge in certain areas. When I talked about that master data program, I had been in it four years. So by the time I was in it, they knew I'd already explored the issues with my team, with my peers, that we'd already tried everything and it wasn't working and we needed to escalate. Those conversations were in place because I'd already built up the credibility. You know how we talked about having a personal brand bank account putting money into your bank account should you need it. Same thing here. You want to build up a credibility bank account so that you can leverage it when you need it. You have to be consistent. If you tell someone that you're going to follow up and set up a meeting, or if you're going to send them resources or talk to them about something else later, you have to absolutely do that. The first time you're not consistent and when you say you're going to do things and you don't do them, it starts to place doubt in someone's head. I'm not saying you have to be perfect. I'm not saying you have to remember every little thing. But for the big things that they're looking for from you, if you want to have a relationship with these people, you have to do them. They also want to know what your outcome is. Why do you want to meet with them? What are the things that you want to get out of this conversation? What's the vision you have for the program? In my case, I wanted to share with them what we're going to do, why we're creating this program, why it's important. They need to understand those things. Influencing is an amazing tool to help you move things forward. It helps you build relationships with people. It helps you leverage your peers, other stakeholders in the organization, your management, to get on board with what you want to do. But you have to have a good reputation. You have to work on that. You have to make sure that your words and actions are consistent and that you demonstrate them on a regular basis, whether that's in a big meeting or day-to-day conversations, It doesn't matter. They need to show up in the same way. Have you ever thought about how many people you could influence in a day? According to the Center for Creative Leadership, the average person could influence over 100 people each day. Can you imagine that? For those of you working in an organization and you're actually in the building, you can imagine how that could be possible. You walk through the lunchroom, you run into people. You walk through the hallway to get your coffee, you see people in the coffee room. You walk by a bunch of cubes, You see people that you can talk to. When you're at home, when you're not in that office, it's going to be different. It may not be 100. Maybe it's 20. But don't forget, you're in meetings with a bunch of people. Every time you ask a question, every time you raise your voice about something or you share an opinion, that's an opportunity to influence. Even those people that are not having a one-on-one conversation with you can hear you, can see the credibility that you have. So don't be afraid of saying, I'm not going to have this relationship or this credibility with someone if I'm not in an office. You can absolutely have it. You just have to show up in a different way in meetings. Just because you're remote doesn't mean you can't have those relationships. You just have to be willing to speak up and stand out a bit more than you may have done in the past. Also, don't forget that influencing is also about educating people. Sometimes they don't understand all the details that you understand. I used to tell my team, you've already gone through 18 alternatives and come to the solution that we think is best, but everyone else has not been along on that journey with us. You need to set some context. You need to explain to them and educate them why this is important. And the more you do that, the better off we're going to be, and they're going to agree with what you want to do because you have credibility, because you have a strong reputation. But if you go in and just tell them what you want to do, they're probably not going to buy off on it. All of this can help you think about the conversations that you're going to have and understand it from their perspective, right? I had to explain to my team that you can't just go in and tell people what you want them to do. You have to understand it from their perspective. They're going to have a bunch of questions. Are you ready to answer those questions? Do you have the answers to those questions? You have to think about it from the other person's perspective, especially when you're trying to influence them and get them to align with you. One of the things that I think is most helpful is to plan out an influencing conversation. I have done this with some new manager groups, but I also do it one-on-one with people. It's not something that I used to do in the beginning. I will be honest. I used to wing it. I used to just go into conversations and probably hope for the best for the most part. I had ideas of what I wanted to talk about, but I didn't always plan it. And I realized that that wasn't working for me. I realized that there were things that were left unsaid, misunderstandings, things that people didn't understand that I wanted from them because I wasn't being clear. And so the more structure that I put around an influencing conversation, I could see a difference. I could see that they understood what I was trying to ask them for, that they understood and asked their questions, and I was hearing the things that were important to them. So here are some things just to think about for yourself. Who are the people that you want to influence and that you need to influence? Remember my example from earlier I had to identify who the big influencers were that I needed to talk to in order for my program to go forward. I looked around the organization and figured out who were the key people on the business side and the IT side that I needed to talk to. I thought about it from their perspective. What is important to them? How is this going to fit into their priorities and goals? Does it fit into their plans? What questions are they going to ask me and am I prepared to give them answers? And if I'm not prepared, I better get prepared before I walk in that room. Because I may not get another time with them. I may not get to have that conversation again. So I need to be ready. I also had to think about my outcome. What do I want to accomplish with this conversation? Am I just trying to help them understand something? Do I need them to give me input or feedback? What are the things that I want from them? Because if I'm not asking them, they're not going to know. I can tell you many conversations that my clients have shared with me. They talk about what the conversation looked like, how it went, what happened, And then they said, and I don't understand why they haven't gotten back to me. And I said, well, did you ask them to get back to you? Well, no, I just thought they'd understand that. It's okay to be direct and say, you know what? I would love for you to get back to me with your feedback by Friday. That's not being mean or disrespectful or rude. It's just asking for them to give you the information back. I think they would actually appreciate it versus the confusion of not knowing what to do and that you've met with them and they have no idea what you're needing from them. What do you want them to help you do? What kind of support are you looking for from them? Do you need support in a meeting? Do you need them to go with you for a meeting? Do you need them to talk about things on your behalf? What kind of help do you need? We talked about the feedback that they might provide for you. I can tell you that one of my mentors was instrumental in helping me move forward on a strategy for my organization. I put it in front of her and said, this is a draft. It's not all thought through. I've got as much as I can think of right now. But I would love to get your feedback and see what I'm missing. See what else I need to think about. Who else I need to talk to. Because I knew if I didn't have this all buttoned up, it wasn't going to go anywhere. It wasn't going to go forward. And I also knew because I met with her and got her alignment that she was going to be a strong voice in the room to help me. She was going to make sure that if there was any objections that came up that her and I hadn't considered, that if I needed help, she would help me. That's where it can be very helpful to have these conversations up front You need some allies in the room sometimes to help you move things forward when there could be dissenters in the room, people who just like to be difficult, people who don't want to move forward on things unless it's their idea. You're always going to have those kinds of people that show up, but you can have some allies in the room that help you move it forward. Think about how you want this conversation to go. Have you already built rapport with this person? Is this the first time you're meeting with them and you need to build rapport think about the things that you could have in common with them. Do they have kids? Do you know that they volunteer for certain organizations that you admire? Are they on a board? Are they doing something that you like with their team that you can see and really respect? Are you seeing the things that they're doing in the organization that you can talk about? Find something that you can connect with them on because you're trying to build an emotional connection with them so that they can build a relationship with you. Most of the time, it's simpler than you think. Look at their LinkedIn profile, see what they like to do, what organizations they're part of. Find something that you can connect with. One time, I was interviewing for a coaching position at a junior college, and I had to meet with the president of the college. And of course, I looked him up on LinkedIn to see what he had done and where he had come from. And he'd actually been the president of the junior college in my hometown. So I was able to walk into that conversation saying, I can't believe it, but you worked in KKK, that's where I am from. So we immediately had a connection that just made the conversation flow so much better. So think about ways to do that for yourself. What is something that you can bring to the conversation that may not have anything to do with work, but starts to build rapport with someone? When you're thinking about the outcome that you have and what approach to take, you may have to think about, do I want to do a logical approach, do a more emotional connection approach like I just talked about? or have a way to collaborate with them. There are definitely going to be times where you may need a heavy hitter, meaning someone with a bigger title than you have, to help you move something forward. So you may say, you know what, I've got this, but I may call you and I may need you to come in and have this conversation with me, or I may need you to send a note on my behalf. That is the way it works sometimes in organizations. You can't always do everything yourself, even if you've tried many approaches and they just haven't worked. Don't be afraid to share what you have already done. You don't have to be right. You don't have to always win, but you have to talk about the things that you've tried to do. Share the pros and cons, the cost benefits. So one thing to keep in mind is when you're having these conversations with an influencer, you may think, I want to have this conversation and I want them to agree with me because it's a win for me. You may also think I have to be right. What I'm presenting seems right to me. I want to be the person who is right. But that's not always going to be the case. You have to think about what is important in this conversation. What's the big picture? What are the pros and cons of what I'm doing? What are the benefits? What are the costs? Why do I think it's beneficial for them to agree with me? The goal is to have a win-win outcome for everyone whenever possible. But you also have to think about, am I doing what's right for the organization? It's not always about you as a leader. It's not always about your organization and what department you're from. What's the important thing for the bigger business need and for the company? So you might ask, what does this have to do with visibility? Well, being visible through one-on-one conversations, as I've talked about, every interaction is an opportunity for visibility. But when you're leading something bigger, when you're leading an organization or leading a program or a project, you have to find ways to be known. You have to do this sometimes through one-on-one conversations. but Sometimes you have to be up in front of the room And be the voice talking about whatever it is you're doing and letting them know what you're doing so they can see that you're credible, that you are trustworthy, that you're bringing a lot to the party and that you're going to be able to move this forward. Building these influential relationships adds to your personal brand bank account like I talked about. It's important for you that they know, like, and trust you. People see the value that you bring. They start to rely on you for the delivery of the things that you say you're going to do, the decisions that you make. It just builds up your brand in such big ways. It also internally builds your credibility and confidence for yourself. It's really important when people start talking to you about things that they've never talked to you about, you get excited and realize things are changing. I can see a big difference in how people are responding to me. That's coming from you influencing them and them seeing something different in you. It's really important to have strong relationships because you need that reciprocity. Bring value to every conversation. You may have to bring value multiple times before they really do something for you. That's okay. It's important that you're doing that so they see that you're trustworthy and that you're going to be consistent and that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. If you can bring that value to them first, think about the challenges they face and how you can help. Think about a connection that you have that you can connect them with. Whatever you can do to start building that relationship out sooner will help you have success. Remember, they need to have a reason to meet with you. Look for reasons to bring your value into conversations and let them see who you are and what you can do. I bet now that you hear this, you're going to start to see more influencing conversations happening around your organization every day. Pay attention to them. Learn from what they're doing. See what you can adapt into your own world and that you can make your own. Don't be afraid of the conversations. Don't play small, don't hide. Be brave and just find a way to follow this path that I've laid out for you here and have those conversations as soon as you can. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Visibility Factor podcast. I look forward to talking to you on the next episode. In my book, The Visibility Factor, I included in there a process called RISE. The RISE process is an acronym for Reflect, Ideate, Select, and Evaluate as you're creating your own visibility action plan. As I put together these tips for each episode, I thought it might be good to remind everybody the importance of RISE and that you can do this for yourself. I've named the tips Rise Up and Be Visible Quick Tips. Here's the first one for today. Identify the influencers in your organization. Reach out to them to introduce yourself and set up time to meet with them. If you haven't met with them before, think about a meeting that you might have just been in with them. You can say something simple like this. Hey Mary, we were just in this program review meeting and I realized that we haven't connected yet. Would you be open to a one-on-one to get to know each other better? I bet Mary would say yes if you reached out to her and said that. The second tip is pay attention to the people who influence you. What can you learn from them to help you grow in your own influencing style? Pay attention to those conversations and leverage from them what you want to take for yourself. Take action. Plan out the conversation and outcomes that you want. Focus on adding value multiple times before you ask them for help. Continue to build out your internal and external networks so you have them if you need them. And remember that meeting with influencers is a great way for introverts to build visibility because it's a one-on-one conversation versus a large group. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor podcast.